This is the BAM School Podcast, where we talk about business adventure and mission with your host, Buddy Rathmel. All right, let's go. I'm here with my guest, Adam Jones. He is a three-continent friend. We first met after he had purchased a castle in Germany, and we've had time together in Ireland and Japan and the great country of America. Um, He has a master's in business and a heart for the master. He was vice president of the Oklahoma City Rescue Mission and currently president of the Harbor House Foundation. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I know I will. I'm always blessed and encouraged and strengthened after I spend a little bit of time with Adam. He is encouraging without being fake. He's inspiring without being trite. And he's prophetic when he needs to be uh, while still being gentle. Great to have you on the show, Adam. I'm looking forward to today. Thank you so much, buddy. That was quite the introduction. I'm grateful to be here with you. Yeah. Give our listeners a little bit of uh, background on you. Well, uh, I am a divorced father of five, and I help run an organization that is committed to affordable housing and wraparound services. Wraparound services? What's that? (laughs) Well, uh, typically when someone is in a situation where they need affordable housing, there may be some constructs in their life, either missing information or access to certain services, whether it's uh, medical, dental, mental health, uh, food. And so through wraparound services, not only do we provide affordable housing, but we also provide access to connecting to those resources. So we spend a lot of time in not just helping meet the need where they find themselves now, but how do we help them for lack of better terms, evolve and progress into a more stable uh, way of life. Cool. Sounds great. So, um, well, first of all, uh, you have to tell us a little bit. Is it a fairy tale to live in a castle in Germany? What's the reality of living at a castle? (laughs) It is. It's uh, (laughs) never. I've had a couple of rental homes in my life and Taking care of something that's over 400 years old is, uh, everyone needs that experience. (laughs) I'm convinced that everyone needs it. No, it was great. It's uh, uncanny. Uh, I think it's just a testament to God getting things done creatively in our lives. You have kind of a hope and a heart to see something accomplished and you don't consider elements like that in your life, like a castle. It is a bizarre story. Maybe we can talk about it another time, how it all came to be, but um, it is it is the reality, and it's a fun story, and it's always an opportunity to be able to point people back to Jesus and <laughs> just how creative and crazy things can get when you're just taking steps of faith that don't look like they have a castle in them, but then all of a sudden you find yourself at the gates, and you're going, wait a second. Okay, well, I guess I'll use this. It, it ends up being a tool. It's awesome. Yeah. We've had a lot of people that don't understand it and a lot of people that were encouraged and increased by it. And I, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a 400 year old castle. It was built in 1667. Wow. Insane in the membrane. So what have, what have been some of the adventures for you along the way, Adam? Well, certainly Germany was one of them. I got to meet a lot of interesting people. I mean, like yourself, obviously lifetime friends and 
seeing, you know, anytime you have your, your mind and your uh, perspectives challenged that, you know, there are more than one, there's more than one road to the destination. Uh, it's, that, that's, that was a great, great experience for me. It's very challenging. It was painful. It was enlightening. Uh, the whole experience was wonderful. Um, and then I would say parenting, yeah. <laughs> marriage and parenting has probably been, you know, one of my favorite adventures along the way, both, both, you know, what is it? It's all the, the pieces where little parts of you die and then it comes back and then it comes back stronger. And I've just enjoyed that whole process. I look at my kids now and I think, man, I, because I'm, I'm with three of them. Uh, my youngest son is about to be a senior. And, you know, by the time they're a senior, your, your role as a father is already change up and, you know, more of a, I don't know, counselor yeah, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, setting the path. And so I'm like, Oh, you know, this is, it's bittersweet. You know, it's, it's, uh, they're doing what you've raised them to do, but then you're like, yeah, but I don't like this part. <laughs> I want you to, I want you to stick around a little bit. Yeah. And, and so th there's a part of me that is also changing and healing is that I remember, um, looking back through the other times that I would look at adult kids or older kids that were still living at home or, you know, still kind of hanging around, there was probably a judgmental part of me that would look at that and be like, Oh, well, you know, you could have done a better job parenting. And like, what a, what a horrible perspective to have. And now as one who has kids, I'm like, Oh, I completely get yeah. it. I, you want to stay a little bit longer? I'm totally fine with that. I'm I'm great with that. So, yeah. Yeah. How's that for being verbose? No, it's great, man. So one time I remember you mentioning that you encouraged your kids to put on the armor of God while getting ready for the day. So what are some of the things that you've done as a dad to help your kids live out that spirit of adventure in their faith? Well, uh, I think there's a lot of adventure in in spending a lot of time developing who you are. There's plenty of time to evolve into what you do. And we spend a lot of time in society looking at what people do. And I'll use an example. My oldest son, for whatever reason, I'm not an athlete. I didn't come from a family of athletes. For whatever reason, my oldest son uh, ended up playing division one football for uh, a big 12 school. And I, he, he was, he got full scholarship. He was ranked in the top 10 in the nation. I mean, just a tremendous athlete for his position and did great. And now he's graduating this year from school. So I'm really proud of him. Um, but I remember, you know, I live in a, in a relatively small town and that was big news. You know, it was rare that they would have, you know, division one, you know, big conference athlete come out of the school. And so he got a lot of press, got a lot of people, uh, noticing him, talking to him, you know, weird things. Then my next son goes into the air force. He was, uh, you know, had at the same time that my oldest son was, you know, had signed his, uh, uh commitment letter to go to the school. And then, at the same time, my next son 
is making application to go to the Air Force Academy and, you know, he wants to be a pilot. I started to get high on what my kids were doing because people were like, oh, hey, you know, maybe you could talk to me about, you know, this and that. And, hey, can you give me a little insight or how did you get your kid to be able to do this? And, you know, as, as a father, it was almost not even about my kids anymore. It was about <laughs> how great I felt. You know what I totally. mean? Like the feedback totally. I was getting became a drug. I was like, I'm raising good kids. I must be good. You know, like I never had that conversation with anybody, but yeah, I was internalizing right. this, this message that somehow I was a great parent. Yeah. And then my, then my second son starts tripping up in school starts. He had to go before a judge. There was like smoking and, and then my oldest son was doubting himself and wanted to quit school. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like a drug addict. Yeah. You can't take this away from me. You can't take these talking points away yeah. from me, you know? And, and I, thankfully, I mean, I've got my, I've got some great parents um, who spoke a lot of wisdom to me and I, you know, the, the course correction of getting outside of the drug of, I don't know, accolades or whatever. That's never really been my bag, but yeah. for whatever reason, man, it, it fueled a lot of the way I was parenting. And then to realize, wait a second, they're, they're human beings. And I'm, you know, I'm in my, my forties and I don't have it all figured yeah. out. Why would I expect, you know, a 17 year old or a 16 year old, my goodness. It's a good thing I wasn't on a platform at 16 or 17 years old because yeah. I would have offended a lot of people. Anyway, uh, the, the, the journey and the adventure and their faith is spending time following the leading of the Holy Spirit in who they yeah. are. And when, when they can develop that practice, that daily intentional practice of looking into themselves and saying, okay, God, what, who am I that you're creating? What, what it, so the word becoming has, has been a big buzzword with me and my kids is what and who are you becoming? Yeah. Forget about what you're doing. That will evolve over time. If you become well yeah. in, in who God is creating you to become, then what you do, it won't even matter at that point. Yeah. I mean, because what you do will be the right thing at that point or season in your life. So it's that adventure because what, what put yourself in a 17, 18, 19 year old shoes right now, where are you going to college? Yeah. What, what career are you choosing? Yeah. What, you know, you dating somebody, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids. It's all about what they're doing and not who they're becoming. So that adventure of staying outside of that, that discourse and that storyline of you, because you're this age, you should be, you're irresponsible if you're not. So that, that, that's been as a father, that's been a big transition for me. And then also promoting that to the kids and trying to give them as much space as they can to settle into becoming who God has them to become. Yeah. You know, so that's so great, yeah, man. That's, that is, that is gold. I, um, I love that of thinking, yeah. Who, what are you working on becoming? Um, I My niece is actually coming back to the house today. I haven't seen her in a couple of years. And um, I was just thinking, yeah, she would so much more resonate with that question than what am, 
you know, what am I going to do? What are you doing? Where are you headed? What's your plan after college? You know, and um, even as you were talking, I'm like thinking, yeah, that's awesome. Like just even that question to somebody spurs them to think about the right things more than the worldly things. You know, it's like, wow, right. that's gold. Thanks, man. Well, and and think about it. Well, thank you. Uh, I what a, you asked me in the beginning, like before we started uh, the podcast of, you know, what's going on in my life. And there is a part of me that has a lot of anxiety over that because think about my own story and what we were talking about, about this project that was started, that we talked about, that I was excited about. And, you know, as we all do, I was starting to pull on a little bit of identity of, Oh, okay, well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I guess, you know, I'm, I'm quasi good at it. I mean, I don't know on what level, how you rate that, but um, it's working. I can talk about it. I'm getting a lot of accolades for pushing this through as for a noble cause. And then what happened? Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. So I, um, who I am and what I do are, I have to constantly keep, they want to do this mm -hmm. and I have to keep pulling them apart because if I identify in what I do, then in a second, I mean, we were talking about this gentleman earlier who had been working for 30 years, 30 plus years. Yeah. And then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a moment, stroke of a pen, yeah. what he's doing is gone. Yeah. And so who you are, it's almost a story of Job, isn't it? Like the, the, who you are has to be so concrete that it can weather the inconsistencies of what you do. Yeah. I mean, some people, I guess, are, are, you know, in are fortunate enough to pick one thing and do it for their entire life. But I don't know too many people like that. Yeah. I think they're the exceptions to the rule. Yeah. Cause otherwise you have all these feelings of shame and failure and guilt. And man, I had my fair share of that. Um, in fact, to use yet another example, to belabor the point, even in marriage, my marriage failed. Yeah. And I, one of the toughest parts to untangle was as a husband, I brought who I was to the role of husband, but my role changed. And so a lot of the stress and anxiety I felt and experienced was that what I was doing, I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And that's not fair to me. That's not fair to anyone else. It's not fair in the overall, like, like, you know, what is this? What am I the doing arc. <laughs> in the overall? Yeah. The arc of life, you know, there's, there's, um, I, I owe it to myself and the people that I, that I impact influence in relationship with to not drag myself and them through my failure in a role, but to shore up who I am so that whenever I am in those different capacities, that I'm bringing the best part of me to them instead of being like, Oh, well, you know, you know, depending on who you're talking to, maybe I was a crap husband. I don't yeah. know. But I, I know that I, I know that I can pull back from that and be like, Oh, well, yeah, I, I probably could have done things better, different. You know, what is the old saying? Shoulda, coulda, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if part of who I am is I think school's always in session, well, then I better start learning. I better dig into me and figure out what's going on so that 
I become better so that whenever I move into a new capacity or a new role in what I'm doing, it's stronger. You know, I'm 5% better or 10%, a 10% better, more improved me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always think of when I lived here in Roanoke, Virginia in 2006, um, my role with cadence, like Jeff Campbell had created a role and I got to do like youth pastor training and I went to Germany and did, you know, discipleship training for club beyond and, um, flying around America and meeting with different people. And I went back to Japan and ran their spring break. And, um, and I, I didn't, I wasn't really enjoying travel. Um, like these trips were taken forever. I'd be jet lagged. I had that year an Alienware computer with a brick of a power supply. I mean, the power supply of that computer wakes weighs more than my whole MacBook pro now, you know? And, um, and I realized in that year that like one, my kids were younger. I was like one week of travel a month is like too much for me. I miss my kids. I miss my wife, but my identity at this church, the local church we were going to was like, Oh, where are you going to now? How is Ireland? How is Germany? How, you know, Oh, you're going back to, you know, Portland already. Like, you know, and, and so (laughs) I didn't, I wasn't, I mean, I did enjoy a lot of the, when I was at the places, but like, the travel yeah. was my identity at this place. Like he's going around the world doing training and, and running things. And I, it was so funny. I was like, I'm proud of what I don't even enjoy because that's all that they know of me here at this church, you know? And I was like, how stupid is wow. that? Like, I, I don't even like this. Like, I don't, I don't even <laughs> like this identity that I have, but I'm going to take pride in it anyway. And, um, yeah, I just realized we can get our identity from anywhere, even if we don't enjoy it, you uh, know, we get life, we grasp onto these things. So it's that like never ending search for significance. (laughs) Yeah. Um, right. Cause I mean, like what, what happens if you're not doing that? Yeah. I mean, are there's, what's the sexy story that people are kind of living vicariously through you? Yeah. So what are some of the principles that, that guide you as you live life? Uh, I think the biggest one, well, there are two and they're kind of related. Um, and that's just mindfulness, uh, gratitude, being present because whenever I focus on who I am and who I'm becoming, then I need to become a lot more aware about all the good things that are in my life. Because if I'm focused on what I'm doing, and I'm not saying you should never focus on what you're doing, right? I mean, you, we, we have work to do. We have tasks that we're putting our hands to, and and we should be doing good at that. We should be doing the best we can. So I'm not – anybody who's listening, I'm not suggesting that that doesn't matter. I'm just saying as you triage you know, the elements of your life, what you do is a little lower on the ladder for me. Yeah. So I look at who I am, who's around me. So I spend a lot of time setting boundaries, spend a lot of time, like, where am I putting my time? Where am I investing my time? It's not that I'm so busy that I've got to be super critical about where I spend my time. No, I'm just more aware of, um, I don't like being around people who poor mouth and who have a lack mentality and attitude and 
things are always wrong and the sky is always fine. I just don't like being around that. It, it just sucks the joy out of my life. Um, I think my ear thing just passed out. Did you, uh, can you still hear me? I can me? hear you fine. Yep. Okay, great. Um, so mindfulness is important. And then this general attitude that when other people in my life, win, it's great for everybody. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't feel I've released competition, I guess. Um, feeling like, oh, well, I don't want people to think that I'm not making it or, you know, that I am not getting the things done that they think I should be getting done. I just, I have a general sense of appreciation for anything that gets done that lifts their spirit in their life. And if I, you know, my, my ex-wife, um, I, you would only know if, if you probably only know if you have been in a divorced situation, but ha there were, it was amazing how many people who were not divorced or going through separation had so many legitimate opinions about how I should be leading my divorced life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, well, if I was in that situation, I would I'm like, okay, okay. Well, the more you get into that path, you're like, oh, wait a second. If I do that, they don't know this, but if I do that, it's going to cause a lot of problems for yeah. me, or it's going to create a lot of dysfunction or whatever. And the dysfunction to be right is not worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely not worth yeah. it. So embracing the gratefulness for the fact that I have the choice to choose peace and life in my now divorced relationship with my ex-wife. I could choose to be bitter or angry about any number of things, not the least of which is that I'm just not married anymore. Yeah. And I enjoyed being married. Yeah. So applying uh, mercy and grace and uh, just this awareness of, okay, well, this is the situation and I can either go forward with animosity and anger and bitterness, or I can choose to move forward and choose healing choose uh sitting with difficult emotions that instead of running away from them and making a bigger mess um allow god to come into that moment and make it right make it better make it better than it was before i i, I told my ex-wife recently i was like man for as painful as the divorce was it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because i i am a better person so there's one part of me that aches that she's not getting the best of me and yet I'm grateful that I am a better person. I'm grateful that I'm more aware. So I tell her regularly, I'm like, I pray for your success. I pray that you are wildly successful because when you're successful, everybody will win. The kids will win. I will win. Uh, your friends, the people that are important to you in your life will win. So I, as far as like just guiding high level principle is staying aware of what's going on around me and curating my daily experiences, the parts that are in my control, and then just having a general sense of uh, goodwill that other people win. Like, buddy, I want you to win. I want you to, yeah. I want you to have wild success yeah. <laughs> in what you do. Because who who wins? We all win. The kingdom wins. We all we all win if you if you do what you feel set out to do, led to do, and you're wildly successful. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. Just so good. I mindfulness, I think. So I had a big failure 
um, lost, you know, close to 200,000 or over 200,000 and a couple of business failures in Cambodia and Thailand. And after that, I kind of developed this, like I called it my, I called it my daily planner, but then it began to transform my life. So I call it now my life transformation planner. But I think one of the biggest cool. pieces on there was just what are three things that I'm grateful for today? And then, um, you know, and so I would have that gratefulness there and then how do I intend to live today and what's going to be great about today? And so I would do those three chunks. And then at the end, you know, there's, you know, most important tasks and calendar and those kind of things, all the normal things. But then at the bottom I had, um, what were some magic moments from today that I want to remember and how could I have made today better? And that whole thing began to transform my life. And I think the biggest thing was the gratitude piece. And um, yeah. about a year ago, I was on my way to immigration in Thailand, which isn't a fun you know, thing typically. And I was having to pay a $300 fine because we'd forgotten to check in. And as I'm driving there, in my mind, like right when I walk through the door, I'm like, this is my best trip to immigration ever. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, logically, that's not true. Usually I don't have to pay any money right. when I come here. But I started thinking like I drove here in a car that I enjoy. Like it's fun. My wife hates it. She always tells me how it's not fun. Um, and it broke down after I left. But um, I I have a car that I enjoy. It's, it's little and sporty. I have the money to pay the $300 fine where I'm not worried about it. I'm listening to like audiobooks as I travel over and um and I and it was all it was just mindset as I was walking in there and I'm I can't yeah. remember now if I even had to pay the fine like I think I didn't even have to pay the fine when I got there you know like just kind of worked out um and yeah but it's just like it's it, you know and honestly like when you're just happy you have to pay less fines in countries like that like <laughs> just two months ago, I was having to, again, um, we forgot again, and it was, I was going to have to pay a little fine. It was smaller this time, but um, on the way, like it works different in, diff in these countries, I just stop and I get a nice, large, you know, ice latte for the guy that's going to be taking care of me. And I think this time the fine was just going to be like 60 bucks or a hundred bucks or something. But I just start the conversation with, hey, hope you're having a great day. And, um... I'm playing basketball a couple days later with my friend and he's like, Oh, we just got tagged for, you know, I think it was about $500 for their family. And I was just like, Hey, let me tell you this trick. My lawyer told me like, always show up with a gift, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, just wanting the best yeah. for others and, um, and your, your attitude and, and just being grateful as you walk through life for whatever it is. And it really isn't, um, you know, it's not just like woo woo stuff. It's like, it's scientific, it's biblical. It's like how you should be going about life, yeah. you know? Yeah. You, you have to elevate. I, I had someone, uh, in my life a few years ago when I was, you know, just the, the turmoil of separation and divorce. And I mean, it, it gets all consuming emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it's just exhausting. And you, there's a lot of reaction, yeah. right? There's no, no, no proaction at all. You're just reacting to everything. And, uh, this person said, you know, you need to take time and think about what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. 
Because like right now you're you're in survival and you're just firing out things and it's usually kind of gross and a little offensive and hurtful and it's demotivating people to help you, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so there's pain, right? There's grief and you, you got to move through that. And he wasn't telling me to not do that. Just that there is some element, albeit small in the beginning of personal responsibility to consider what's moving through your brain yeah. and but but when you when you set up that daily habit of practice like you did with the writing, um, over time it becomes you you start to see it. Oh, I don't have enough space on a paper. Yeah. I'm I'm literally just genuinely grateful for everything. I I talked to a lady today from zoning. We're looking at uh, building some new stuff, looking at some property, and um, I called because zoning is one thing. We're wanting to use it for something else, and you know, anytime you're dealing with you know municipalities and changing things that, you know, they've got rules and the rules don't always fit what you're trying to do. And, but I, I just have this sense of gratitude that I'm even able to have the conversation, (laughs) you know, I mean, I could be in a place where I'm not thinking about increasing land. I'm not increasing about building. I'm not increasing about helping more people that that could be my situation. And that would be sad, but I, I am in a position where I am doing those things. I am having those conversations. And even if the information isn't just point A to B, straight lines, awesome, there is some level of, oh, I mean, even if this you know weren't going to work out, I would still say, wow, I'm, I'm able to have this conversation. This is great. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> so where did you get this entrepreneurial spirit from that you – launch these new things or buy a castle or whatever. Where did that come from? Absolutely. My dad, yeah. he's a total legend. Yeah. Uh, he, he was in full-time ministry, uh, actually was bivocational in the beginning, but I really started to pay attention whenever I was in high school. I was like, wait, something's different here. Cause he was just always just, you know, I guess the, the, the word du jour now is hustle. Yeah. He, he was, you know, back in the eighties and nineties was just on his hustle. And I appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that it, it increased the, the, um, quality of life for our family. And at the same time he was helping other people and to see that they are synonymous with one another. You, you can you can work to do better while also working to lift people around you. And somewhere I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to have a meeting with myself and this is going to be what it, you know, what motivates me and oppresses me. But I, somewhere along the line, it just, it kind of, the, the, the message, the unspoken message registered in my head. And so now it's just, it's off to the race, man. We're, every day, like before this call, we were talking about a few things and I wonder if we could do this and this, I'm like, let's get it on, man. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's just see what happens with it. Yeah. So definitely my pops. That's cool. I love it that he's still working with you when, uh, he doesn't have to be, but still, still doing it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and he, he keeps saying, you know, I am retiring I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want, I want you guys to take more of the responsibility. Okay. Okay. We will. Yeah. We'll, we'll do whatever. But, 
but there, there's too. I tell him all the time. He's, he's over there now listening. There, there. He's got too much left in him. You know, that cup's not even half close to being empty. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know too many people that are still banging on all cylinders at 80, 90 years old, just like getting it all. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm 47 as we speak and, um, nice. I'm kind of like, okay, my next 30 years till I'm 77 is like BAM school. I, at least I think like, cause it's been something that God's been putting on my heart that I was kind of like, I think this is what I'm created to do. And all this other stuff is preparation and. I even felt like moving to Thailand, I was, I was like pausing that for five years to do anti-human trafficking. And then my best friends were yeah. all people in business's mission. In fact, like the chair of the BAM Global and her husband, who's like businessesmission.com guy and the bamtraining.org guy, like they became our best friends, house church people, lived 150 meters away, you know? And it was funny because I wow. thought, I'm like, okay, God, I know this is my life call. I'm going to, I'm going to pause it because I feel like an answer to prayer or your calling on my life is to go do this thing for five years. And yet like God moved me in probably the place that was like the best preparation I could have had in the whole world to be doing what I want to do now, you know, like the best contacts, yeah. the, the best conferences. And, um, and now like, yeah, it's, it was just like, I just was praying the other day and going, God, thank you so much. Like, I thought I was giving up and sacrificing, you know, what I, my dream and what I really wanted to do. And yet you were, you were accelerating that dream all through the process, you know, like you were, yeah, you cool. were doing cool stuff in the background. So let me give you the um, 60 second um, vision of what I'm looking to do. Um, okay. I, uh, right now I'm, I'm actually part of the reason I'm in the States is one looking to buy a business and two courting investors to help me with the down payment for that business. Um, and then, um, and so, and I want it to be win, win, win for everyone. And the business with 25% of the profits will fund the BAM school. And I'd like there to be multiple and, you know, like in different places around the country where, you know, maybe one business can fund two or three cohorts of 12 students, or maybe it's just one, but there, you know, there's multiple businesses that we're buying over the years that are funding schools. And then, um, the school and the students are providing a legacy for the investor. Maybe we're helping the investor to write a book of their life lessons or whatever we, we record them over three or four days and we turn that into videos as well as a book or something. The investors providing cash Super. for the business or at least the down payment and maybe some expertise. Um, and then going the other way, the business is providing a 10% return on investment to the investor. Maybe the investor is doing mentoring and teaching for the school and um, the school, the students in the afternoon in exchange for being able to come to this school and experience for free. And we'll be traveling the world, going to Europe and, and visiting with businesses, mission people, or people that are, you know, in the faith and work movement. Uh, maybe we're going to help some business out somewhere in the States, but in the afternoon in exchange for getting this experience for free, the students are working on marketing and business growth for the business. And, 
How great. So that's um, in a nutshell um, what I'm looking to do. So Adam Jones, wow. prophet, encourager, um, you know, man who does business for good. Give me your uh, your feedback, your thoughts. What do I need to be aware of? What do I need to run after? Uh, man, I, and I mean this, I think this is such a solid setup. And here's the reason why I say that is because you are an educator and you are a businessman and you know what it likes, you know, it takes to be an investor because you've invested in other things. You've been burned, uh, as an investor. Um, and, and I, I think you have also benefited from being an investor, uh, whether in your own ideas or in other ideas. I'm, I'm looking at this as a parent actually. And I think, man, how this is everything I would want for my, for my child to experience or twofold, actually. It's, it's one thing to, well, I'll use an example. Uh, my oldest son writes music. He's got a band. They've been investing in their own music. I've, I've made some investment into their music and no one is showing them about the business of music. They're, they're, they're showing them how to make music. They're showing them how to produce music. Plenty of people are wanting to take their money <laughs> to, to record music. Um, to make their music available, but no one's showing them how to, because at the very bottom, you say legacy for the investor. Well, it's more than just legacy for the investor, right? It's, it's, it's a legacy for the actual student there. It's a, cause it's not a faucet to turn on. It's a field to be planted. So a lot of people will take money to just switch the faucet on and off and you learn nothing. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. But if I can, if I could plant a field and then I know what those seeds are that are going to keep giving me a return, that just seems like double-sided coin, just beautiful on both sides for both the person helping get it started to give the people that need an opportunity that are willing to put the work in to do to, to continue the symbiotic thing to just keep going. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's clear yeah. feedback or not. No, it's good. This is wonderful. And any landmines that are in there, you obviously can't see from this uh, image or graphic. I mean, th those are you're, you're the type of guy that'll pivot quick to to do what needs to be done. I, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm super. Awesome. Well done. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I mean, I feel like it's just something God has been, you know, birthing in me over time, and um, yeah, just bringing it, you know, all together. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's. That's how yeah. I hope to be investing. And, you know, one of the things for me, um, like in 2014, I just had all these things about movement of God, like books I was reading, mentors, people in my life. The last one, I went to the Philippines to recruit um, some missionaries for our work in Cambodia. And I get on the plane and God says, you're not going to recruit any missionaries. And at the time I was overly busy. I hope to never be that stupid busy, but with discipleship and anti-trafficking, it was just, you know, nuts. And I was like, God, I don't have time to go to the Philippines for five days just for like fun. And 
in the middle of that, um, when I got to the Philippines, I actually realized I got to see a movement of God, a discipleship movement that is now seen over a million people come to Christ. And the last speaker was one of the first four guys discipled, you know, at the very beginning. And he starts talking about movement of God and I'm just sitting in the audience and getting chills and going, wow, I'm here kind of complaining that I went and wasted five days, but really I'm getting to see a movement of God. And, and so like I could do this school, I've already done one. I could do one school a year and make a living from it and be happy. And, and I would enjoy that making 12 disciples every year. Um, and I actually right. think there'd be less complications and problems. One business, one school, you know, sit on the <laughs> beach for six months a year. But I felt like God was like, no, this needs to be like, I want this to be a movement. I want you to facilitate a, a movement of, of me through the world, through business and so that's where I needed the component of there's scholarships for students to come to this for free. And then that got me thinking about the business funding it and even bringing in investors to be like, Hey, great. You made 20 million or 50 million or whatever million. Like, yeah. let's use this for a kingdom purpose. And it's great if you want to give, like we're not opposed to receiving gifts, but if you'd like to give in a way that you're getting a 10% return on your investment, let's do that too. You know, like, um, wow. so yeah, so that's kind of just how God brought that about for us. And it's so good. Yeah. Excited about it. So praise the Lord, man. This is awesome. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I know, I know critical feedback would be awesome yeah. right now. I just yeah. don't, because some of it's nuance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so for some, the, for the investment, the ten percent return may not be the may not be the driving factor. Yeah. If they know that they've got, if they're they're making a legacy, you know what I mean. Yep. So. Yep. I would just be aware of. I, I would have multiple ways for people to invest. I guess is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's cool. Consider it. Yeah. Cool. Maybe you get out there, and I'm completely wrong, and a hundred percent of people want more percent return. Yeah. My, my experience has been if they know they are investing in people and they have an opportunity to replicate and they're hands-on while they're doing it, I think it's super. This is such a stellar idea. Yeah. Thanks, man. What have been some of your biggest challenges over the years? The, the big challenge was divorce yeah. with five young kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say you'll see it coming, but in my case, it just blindsided me. Yeah. Um, and that could have been partially my fault, but I, that was tough. And then this, we had a big housing project that didn't go through recently. And that, that was a lot. Yeah. They were, th those are big things where you feel like, ah, oh, the, these are, you know, without a calling the basic things I should be able to do yeah. and do well. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. so working through that has, has been, those have been great challenges. Yeah. <laughs> really great challenges. Yeah. So yeah. in your current role, so what are the things that you role, most enjoy about what you do in the day to day? Uh, being creative, uh, having to see, you know, cause sometimes the, the, the disappointments or the curveballs that come at you, they can feel like they, 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 they clog up your field of view. I mean, they, 
it's like almost all you can see can feel overwhelming. So the opportunity to step back and get out of the proverbial traffic and spend time observing, uh, I, I enjoy doing that. I mean, I don't enjoy when things aren't working out the way you want them to. The, the easy path is, I mean, that, I think we like no anxiety kind of life right. you know, when things are easy, but we weren't built for easy. I mean, I, I mean, even in scripture, I see that we were built for the valley and <laughs> we're built for darkness yeah. and taking the light into those areas and allowing God. I mean, like it, when things are easy, I don't even need God. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't need his guidance. I don't need his peace. I don't need anything yeah. because the, the situation sustains itself. Yeah. But when you find yourself in tough moments or, you know, you didn't get the answer you wanted or things seem to be taking a curve. Um, those are moments where the creativity, God's creativity is inside his, his provision that, to be able to observe and watch that happen almost in my experience in real time has been <laughs> just remarkable. Yeah. And, and so I'll, I'll end with this or this piece is that, and I like what my dad says too, is that if you're going to do something, you've got to give God something to work with. Well, if it doesn't work out, well, you, you've got to, you have to create enough space for God to do something to fill that vacuum. So bam school, you're creating space, a vacuum for God to fill. And when he fills it, that's when things get wild and crazy. I mean, maybe it's a, 400 year old castle. Maybe it's a seven acre piece of property. That's got creeks on both sides and it's just beautiful. And you can, you can see it clearly. So I think those moments are yes. And yes, there's the vacuum and watch God fill it. Watch him bring people across your path and be like, Hey man, I don't know why I need to do this, but I feel like, (laughs) I feel like this is what I should be getting involved in. And you're going to be like, you're never going to believe this, but yeah, but, yeah. but I created a vacuum and God's starting to fill it and he's using you to do it. Yeah. So yeah. what I love most about my job right now or my responsibility is just the creativity and, and creating space for God to do something. Cool. And what are your dreams for the future? What, what do you, what do you future? hope the, you, uh, the next 50 the, years uh, to be about? 50 years to be about? I hope I continue to become a better person. Yeah. Um, yeah that I instinctually rely on God and more on God and less on myself. Um, and that I can continue to have the faith to be productive in in no particular definition other than that God, that I'm reliable to God, that he can, that, I don't know, that whole father, son reliability thing. Like I, I want to be seen as reliable, dependable, uh, and and not with any particular title or thing, rather than who I am is is better. Yeah, that's great. What what contribution am I going to possibly make to the business world that isn't going to be a thousand x or a million x beyond what I could ever provide or bring? So my value has got to be in my case, in my little two foot square foot space. How, how can I be the best me, spirit, mind, and body, which we're working on the body, you know what I mean? But how, how can I be the best me in those three areas 
to bring that into the roles that I play, my responsibilities, tasks, all of that, to impact more people. So where what ends up happening is that it does center around people. I mean, everything I hear you saying, if it's a product or service, people. If it's rescuing people, people. If it's <laughs> investors, it's people. If it's people are literally, if it's housing, it's people. If it's the bank that you're trying to get funding from, it's people. It's all people. The whole thing is people. And it's amazing we spend so much time on the task, focusing on the task and the end result that all of the interactions along the way are just a means to an end rather than the end themselves. So becoming who, like becoming, spending time becoming stronger uh, in every way, it only, the, the natural things that will happen as a result of that are, they're, they can't help but happen. So BAM school, when Buddy is bringing his best, spending time with friends, going out, encouraging people, uh, taking coffee, serving people that, that may have an opportunity to do harm or to, to trip up your day, staying in a positive mindset, all of those things, the results, I mean, maybe you couldn't control the result, right? I mean, maybe if you were only looking at trying to not get the $500 bill or $300 bill, or fine or whatever it was, you could focus on that being the outcome and still miss it and still not have any joy yeah. as a result. So, I mean, if you, if you're focusing on your joy, focusing on your attitude, focusing on, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to serve this guy. I'm going to serve this gal. I'm going to go get coffee and I'm going to bring it to him. They're probably still going to give me the fine, whatever. That's my minimum expectation, Yeah. but they're going to remember me. They're going to remember when I leave, like, what was that all about? Yeah. You know, get them, asking the questions. It's like that, that investment piece, I guess at this part of my life, I'm, I want to do that better. Yeah. I, I want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like, Hey man, you know, how many units of apartments you have? Okay. Well, maybe that's a sexy story. And at some point I want people to remember how they feel whenever they're not, I hope they feel better <laughs> when they're around me. Like if it's just for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That, the, so these next 30, 40, 50 years, that. I I want that. Yeah. You know what? Re read the read the obituaries. Read the obituaries. Yeah. Read down through there and some are just acknowledgments of Adam Jones died on this date. <laughs> okay. But then some people are taking out quarter page ads and that you're like, Oh, what happened here? Oh, they died 10 years ago. <laughs> they're still, they're still running half page ads 10 years later. Yeah. What kind of impact did this person make in, in a family's life or in a business's life? I, you just see that it matters. Yeah. Those things matter how you treat people and how you serve them. And yeah. Um, yeah, I always enjoy yeah, our time together. Our time in fact, together. till the day I die, in one fact, of my favorite memories die, will be us driving down that street in Japan, Kokosai street, street, the shopping Kokosai street. street. I don't know if you remember this. And oh, I do. And, uh, when we Tokyo drifted, <laughs> we did the uh, 180 did drift the, uh, 180 into traffic drift going the other direction and just started moving in the other other ways. But love, yeah, just love when I get time with you and look forward to seeing you in Oklahoma and the next year or two, man. Oh, buddy, I'd be grateful. I'm honored to have had some time on your platform. Thanks so much. I, I, I love seeing you, talking to you, being around you. You always make me feel better. I'm grateful. Yeah.
Thanks, man. BAM School, facilitating a global self-funding disciple-making movement through business. Thanks for tuning in to the BAM School podcast. Find show notes, free courses, resources, and more at forbam.com.